This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. Uh, my name is Matt Lamarca. I'm back after a one week hiatus. I needed to clear my head and my sinuses, <laughs> but I am an employee of the Action Network and Fantasy Labs, co host of the Laying the Points podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I am joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. First, he is the other co-host of the Laying the Points podcast, and his work has appeared all across the fantasy industry. You can currently find him writing for the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. He is Anthony Amico, who you can find on Twitter, at Amixa. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. I mean, we're coming off a good uh, week four. Uh, Jonesy and I... Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good. And so was hanging out with his grandson. I try to hold it down without you. You guys um, did a great job. Yeah, so this week we're hoping now we're even stronger now that, now that the leader is back. Definitely an arguable point. <laughs> um, I mean, you're the host of the show. You're the leader by default. You know? Yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> My other co-host is the host of the Bogey Free podcast, and he might hate prior course performance more than any other person on the planet. It's the worst. He is Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's up, brother? Oh my god, I didn't even realize that you actually put that like in the 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 introduction here. I try um, to keep abreast of current, um, you know. A pretty. Uh, Pretty garbage, seventy-two hours. So I'm hoping the uh, the NFL world can uh, can bring me back to life a little bit this week. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I've been just super swamped with like playoff baseball, and now basketball's around the corner. So I am uh, excited to just talk a little football here with you guys. Uh, but before we do that, I want to start by mentioning you can get a thirty percent discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, this is the time of year I feel like where, you know, teams start to get make made or broken. You know, you want to get access to those priority waiver claims. You want to be trying to make good trades and you want to know 
uh, who to keep your eye on for the rest of the season. And that Rotoviz subscription will help you do that. So again, 30% discount at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, we also launched a Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash rotovizradio. That helps support our 10 weekly podcasts during the NFL season. And becoming a patron also gets you access to our new live show, which will be airing on Sundays at 11 a.m. during the NFL season. All right. Before we go to week five, first a little week four review. Uh, Anthony, after a slight hiatus of one week, you return to the top of the leaderboard in the three-man competition. That makes the overall standings three for Anthony, one for Jones, and zero for me. Uh, I'm still looking to get off the schneid, although I feel pretty good this week. I think I'm going to make a statement. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and guarantee that I finish in the top three this week. <laughs> <laughs> Amico, uh, your lineup construction, uh, overall, I see it seemed really sharp. Uh, you talked about it on the podcast, but you are a big fan of the value-wide receivers and paying up at running back, and that's exactly what you did. You jammed in Kamara, Zeke, and Gio Gonzalez, uh, and you got decent enough production from the receiver position without spending down. You also went with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, who – continues to put up really, really solid numbers across the board. So uh, I don't know if there's anything we need to get into real detail with that, but again, congratulations. And uh, you're, you're starting to pull away a little bit, starting to create a little distance in the standing. So hopefully me and Jonesy can, can track you down in the coming weeks. Yeah. All right. Don't like pump him up too much. It's like, he has like two more wins than I do. Like let's, uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's won 75% of the competitions. We've that's, that's not, you don't understand how statistics work. It sounds a lot better when I say like two more. That's 75 sounds like, like insurmountable. First of all, Matt is like still obviously really into baseball because he called him uh, Gio Gonzalez. Is that what I did? <laughs> I, I told you guys, I'm, I'm baseball, Brewers, you know, like I'm just, I'm in that mode. So, oh, man, I couldn't even tell you who's like in the playoffs in baseball right now. <laughs> you live on Long Island. You don't know if the Yankees are playing? Come on, I man. Could not care any less. <laughs> oh, I did watch David Wright's last game, though. So I got that going for me. There you go. Okay. Um. All right. Let's go to week five. We'll start with the QB position. And let's start with some of the chalkier options. Uh, Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger are going to be squaring off in the highest total game of the week. A lot of high totals on the board, to be honest. I think there's, what did you say last night, Anthony? Like seven games with a 49 or greater total? Yeah, I think there's eight and six of them are on the main slate. So literally half the main slate has uh, high total games. But this game is still the one that stands out above the rest. It's... uh, at 57 and a half. So how are we approaching these two quarterbacks? You know, Ben Roethlisberger, historically pretty good at home. The Cardinals have been just an absolute dumpster fire defensively through the first four weeks of the season. And on the other side, Matt Ryan has just been pure fuego. He looks, you know, similar to the 2016 version that won the MVP. So how are you approaching these two guys in particular for both cash games and GPPs. And Jonesy, we will kick it to you first, sir. Oh, thanks. You're too kind. There you go. Yeah, um, early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably well, no, not probably. I'm definitely not paying up for them in cash. It's just not something that I do. So, um you obviously need exposure if you're playing in GPPs, but um 
I think there's a there's a few guys that I'm considering that I've narrowed it down to for cash, and these two guys aren't um, in that group. Amico. Yeah, I mean, Ben is obviously like the alpha GPP play for me. I just always load up on Ben. Um, I really like stacking quarterbacks when you know where the targets are going, and that's kind of what Pittsburgh has going on with Juju and AB. So definitely a priority GPP guy, but 6,900 or 6,600 for Matt Ryan. I just don't think we're going to have to go there. We'll talk about some of the guys we like. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys in like the mid to low fives that I think are, are very playable. So I'm, I'm probably just going to play those guys in cash. Because uh, the low price receivers this week really aren't as palatable to me. Um, it's it can be a little harder, I think, to to fit in like the good running backs. So I, I need to pay down a quarterback for sure. Okay, I mean, is it possible that Matt Ryan maybe goes a little under the radar here? Like he has the best matchup on the board uh, per Fantasy Labs, and he scored at least thirty one DK points in three straight weeks, but. It feels like the Pittsburgh side is going to be the one that gets more attention. So I think I might have some interest in Matt Ryan for sure. Like I, I agree a hundred percent, Anthony, like Ben Roethlisberger is, is maybe the nut play at quarterback this week, but I'm probably going to try and get exposure to both for sure. Sure. Um, all right. Another guy that I thought was really interesting was Patrick Mahomes. He's priced down to 6,200 on DraftKings. Uh, which just seems really low given his production this season. That said, he has a brutal matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're currently projecting him at labs for just 2 to 4% ownership. So is this a situation where you're looking to potentially buy low on him, or is the matchup just too difficult and, and you think it's an avoid, Amico? I mean, Mahomes is my boy. I, I, I definitely think you can play him in tournaments because we know that the upside is there. We know the upside is really high, but... Uh, in terms of like cash, I just I just don't think you have to take that risk. Uh, still have big big respect for Jacksonville. Um, we talked about this a lot last night on the laying the points, but I mean they're just studs across the board in the secondary. They're kind of like the one team where you look at them, and you're like, oh maybe maybe they could slow down this offense. And I just don't really want to uh, to be taking on that risk in cash. I think that there's definitely guys like that are still like $700 cheaper that I think offer like a, a better mix of, of possible outcomes. Yeah. I think for sure. He's not really a cash game option. I I guess I'm more interested specifically in your thoughts on GPPs. Like Jones, what do you think about him in, in GPPs? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have, uh, quite a bit of him in GPPs. Um, I mean, the, the matchup is obviously, obviously difficult like Jags are one of the best defenses in the league but they've also not really been tested too too much outside of Brady and even there it was uh, a big focus on the running game so I am gonna go out on a le- oh, well actually no I'll save it for my bold call never mind <laughs> okay Ooh. Um, I will say that his salary on FanDuel is is significantly more expensive um I can't, I don't want to keep plugging Labs because they're not a sponsor of this show, but I just love their tools. So uh, they they have a trend called a metric called bargain rating that compares the DraftKings salary to the FanDuel salary, and his ninety nine percent bargain rating on DraftKings is the best mark at QB this week. So I definitely think if his ownership is going to be that low, he's an interesting play, even given the matchup. Uh, that said, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical that he's going to be that low owned. I think people still might want to play him, you know, given 
the Showtime nickname and the left-handed pass in primetime television. Like, people want to play Pat Mahomes, right? Like, I, I don't know. I think he He's might fun. be higher than 2 to 4%. Um, all right, let's let's stick with some other cash game options. Who are some other guys that you're eyeing here, Jonesy? Um, I preliminarily have sort of narrowed it down to like Bortles, Dalton, and Cam. Um, I, I don't really know where I'm like leaning. I'm hoping that one of you can talk me into one of the three or just tell me that I'm a moron and there's like somebody that I'm <laughs> like obviously missing. But those are the three that sort of jumped out to me um, at my sort of like initial pass through of the quarterbacks. Amico, would you like to tell Jones that he's an idiot? I mean, he wouldn't be the first one this week. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, no, I'm going to go easy on Jonesy. I, uh, I also always have an affinity for cam. I mean, 6,400. I, part of me, part of me is like, if I'm going to play cam and cash, I'd rather just go the whole way and get one of the guys in, in the Atlanta sealer game. Yeah. But, Cam is obviously just like so tantalizing because he what he does on the ground. They've really unleashed him this year, like in full go. He's got ten carries in two games already this year, three rushing touchdowns, and he's got five passing touchdowns in his last two games. Just playing really good football right now. Um, and obviously our fighting giants, Jones, just uh not very good. That's the so, worst. Yeah. And I do actually have the numbers tonight. I didn't have them last night. But uh, rushing quarterbacks against the Giants, which I basically defined as uh, quarterbacks averaging 20 yards rushing or more, uh, plus 7.39, uh, plus minus, uh, dating back to the beginning of last season. So uh, good spot. Good spot for Cam. Uh, you know I love me some Bortles, especially when Fournette's out, which he is. And, uh, I mean, honestly, if the game was in Jacksonville, I would like be definitely playing Bortles. The fact that it's in Kansas City yeah. has been a little hesitant, but the Kansas City secondary stinks, especially with you know as long as Eric Berry's out. Uh, so those are kind of like the two guys. Like maybe I feel like getting a little frisky, and I go with Bathard just because he's under five k. Oh God! Uh, but I, I think it's probably it's probably Cam Bortles, or uh, I also like Stafford this week against Green Bay. Huge price jump for Bathard from uh, from last week. <laughs> you would want to target the one quarterback in a game with an over-under of, like, 40. <laughs> well, that's why I can't play him. Like, I, I just need the ceiling. But You got to bring him up, though. He's the guy. Yeah, got to bring him up. It's on brand. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I think Cam is more of a GPP play for me, but I'm definitely interested in him uh, at 6,400. Like, the rushing upside, everything you guys said is just spot on. And Thank I looked you. up some, some numbers that. for teams, uh, you know, coming off of a bye week. And basically home teams, or I'm sorry, favored teams historically crush against the spread when favored after their bye. So I think that they are uh, a good team to target this week, the Panthers, and obviously that starts with Cam Newton. Um, also 100% on board with Bortles, would prefer it if he's at home, but definitely think he is viable at 5,500 without Fournette. And another guy that maybe might be a little bit sneaky, but I'm definitely considering him for cash games, is Carson Wentz. Uh, the Minnesota defense is all reputation at this point and no production. In terms of just the, the matchup grade, we have him as second best at Fantasy Labs this week behind only Matt Ryan. And with their complement of weapons getting closer to full strength, I think that he's in a really nice spot to put some points on the board this week for Philadelphia. Um, all right, let's switch focus now to GPPs. Who are some 
uh, more under the radar type picks that you're looking at, Amico? I mean, honestly, I think I'm just probably playing the chalk for the most part. Like, I'm, I don't think I want to stray too far from like the Atlanta game or like the other guys we mentioned. So, I would say most likely I'm going to keep it there. If I feel like really going off the deep, I mean, I guess not really off the deep end, but like if I feel like playing like some of these off marker guys, I guess I could go with Rodgers. You know, like the touchdown upside is kind of always there. I'm just worried about the receiver health right now. Mm-hmm. Need to see some of these guys practice. And, uh, you know, your, your adopted QB, Russell Wilson. My um, son. Always in play. 5,100. I mean, the price, we said it last week, the price Only was Only $200 more than CJ Bathard. Yeah, you know, you're right. So, like, again, like, it's, I don't really like to play quarterbacks that are seven-point dogs in cash, but in tournaments, I'll, ha- I'll have at that, especially with the potential secondary woes of uh, the Rams. Yeah. I, I'm I'm playing Russell this week. You can't stop me. So, <laughs> Russell, it is uh, Jonesy. Who are you looking at? I mean, this this awful Seattle team. Like on the other side of that, you gotta you gotta target uh, the so Earl Thomasless uh, secondary now, right? You could get some uh, Mister Perfect, some some Goff goat in there. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just never want to play Jared Goff. Maybe oh that's God, why. I love him so much. Maybe that's why I have zero wins in the three-man competition <laughs> this year. But uh, like, just something about him. Like, why pay sixty-five hundred for Jared Goff when I can get, you know, Rogers at sixty-three, Cam at sixty-four? But I yeah, get but- the arguments. Like the the Rams have just been explosive as hell this off this season. So yeah, Rogers is throwing to like Marquez Valdez Scantling or whatever the hell like. It's I don't know. I think I think there's you could get a significant ownership discount there from like obviously the Atlanta game. Um, And I think I think Goff is more than capable. Obviously, we saw it last week of putting together a a ceiling game for sure. Also, don't sleep on MVS. He ran like a four three, bro. Yeah. Oh no, I know, but it's still like (laughs) his draft Twitter is not. He's gonna unfollow and subtweet the shit out of you now. Great. Uh, one other name fitting, I want fitting the whole week for me. So <laughs> one other name I want to throw out there is Derek Carr. I think he's a little underpriced at fifty two hundred. Um, neither of these two teams in this game between the Chargers or the Raiders play defense. So there's a total of fifty three on that game. I think that you know it may be a little under owned considering all the other you know high priced games to target or high totaled games to target, but. You know, Derek Carr, 5,200, given some of the games he's had this season. Like, I'm definitely interested in that. Do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, your bench players, and the free agent pool. You may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, the app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free, for both Apple and Android. And obviously that's just the move because that's what I did. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I do a lot of my 
lineup setting in the bathroom. <laughs> so uh, on the phone, get a quick optimization, get the lineup in, and we roll. I don't know how I knew that was where it was going, but I just did. So. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to running backs. No Kamara this week on the main slate. They play on Monday night on the magical grass of the Superdome. So Todd Gurley is in his own little sort of mini tier at the top of the pricing spectrum. How do you feel about him uh, as a seven point road favorite against Seattle? I'm going to start with Jones. Cause I think you're like Mr. St. Louis. I'm sorry, Mr. Los Angeles on this show. Am I? Is that, is that part of the brand? I mean, you're definitely the golf guy. Well, yeah. I mean, golf goat, you gotta, you gotta jam him in whenever you can, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I obviously would not, I'd rather not have to spend $9,400 on like anybody. But if you're going to pay that much, then you might as well pay for Todd Gurley. <clears throat> wow, that was bad. Sorry about that. Little flag yeah. him. Yeah, just a little. It's fine. I'm just on my deathbed here. Um, yeah, no, I am definitely going to have a, a decent amount of Gurley. I don't know that I'll necessarily get up to him in cash, but. I will definitely have him in GPP lineups just because he can he's he'll be good for like at least, you know, you can pretty much bank on the touchdown, probably multiple touchdowns the way that they use him. So why wouldn't you go there? Yeah, Anthony, he's uh, exceeded his salary based expectation in all four weeks heading into this contest. So what are your thoughts on Mr. Todd Gurley? I mean, I love him. Like, I just think that his floor is super high. Uh, very similar like Kamara last week. Obviously, Gurley doesn't have the market share that uh, Kamara has, but he's just very, very consistent. You know that he's going to get a lot of touches in the offense. Uh, he's caught at least three passes each week. He has two receiving touchdowns this year. He has four rushing touchdowns. Uh, so you get, like, a, a ton of touchdown equity, obviously, with Gurley in a game where you expect him to win and lead. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's a great play. Am I going to definitely play him in cash? Well, no, because I just think that there's a lot. I think there's like five really good running back plays this week in cash, and he's obviously the most defensive. So uh, don't think he's a must play, but I definitely think that he is a very good play. Just anytime you can just lock in points and still get like an elite ceiling, which obviously he has, uh, you can't really say much about it. Yeah, I'm going to continue to play the role of Fish on this podcast and – say that I'll probably be underweight on him. I just don't think it's a good matchup, and we have so many running backs and great spots to choose from that I don't feel the need to pay all the way up for Todd Gurley. Um, So, yeah, I I will probably, you know, we're projecting him for 17 to 20% ownership. I would probably say that I will be, like, in line with that or maybe even a little bit under. Uh, Two of the other guys that I have much more interest in are Melvin Gordon, against the Raiders, and Christian McCaffrey against your New York Giants. They are uh, 8,600 and 8,000 respectively, so a little bit of a savings when compared to uh, Gurley, but they are also projected for a little bit more ownership. How How do you feel about these two guys this week, Anthony? I mean, I think that I think that McCaffrey is a really good play, right? Like, he's obviously seeing a ton of work. He's got 28% market share. He is seeing, I think a lot more carries than we expected. I just like, I just really struggle with McCaffrey because he doesn't score touchdowns. And 
I have like this huge mental block about playing guys in cash who like I feel like have no touchdown equity. And that's kind of what McCaffrey has. Yeah, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, which is really hard to believe because he's been so freaking good. Um, obviously, he's going to give you a decent floor. I just, I just really don't think that this is like a super smash spot for him. Like the game will not be played super fast. Um, the Giants linebackers think like that's obviously a good matchup, but I just don't think that we're going to see like ten, you know, ten targets and. 25 carries out of him like it just doesn't feel like that kind of matchup so again like i think he's a really really good play i don't know if he's like a lock for me i i, I feel a lot more comfortable with gordon even though he's 600 dollars more just because i know that he's going to score the touchdowns hmm. i know that that game is probably going to be pretty high scoring and he still has like pretty high target upside like he's got at least seven targets in three of the four games that they've played he has three receiving touchdowns this year, um, I, so I'm I'm a little more into Gordon, even though I think uh, McCaffrey is probably like the better like you know actual running back. Yeah, I mean just some numbers on McCaffrey that I find interesting is he's got a a 73% market share in the rushing game, which is way higher than I think we all would have thought this year. Now that does not include quarterback rushes so that's just you know in terms of running back touches and then a 27.7 percent market share as a receiver so just a huge workload and he does lead the lead lead the team sorry with six touches inside the 10 yard line next closest is Devin Funches who has two targets so I really feel like he can it's not like he's never gonna score like he has to get in the end zone eventually. I know that he's not necessarily built like a goal line running back, but he's getting the opportunities. So I think eventually he has to cash one in. Um, Jones, what do you think about these two guys, McCaffrey and, and Melvin Gordon? Yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty much the same uh, for McCaffrey as Amico was talking about, just with how that game probably goes. Um, I, I don't. I don't see them needing to get him, you know, like 12 targets or something crazy. Melvin Gordon is pretty unbelievable. Like the way that he's being used is pretty unbelievable. He's had 16 uh, red zone opportunities just in the last three weeks. Um, oh my God. And he, they're going up against the Raiders who I know it was an overtime game last week, but they, three of the Cleveland, all three of the Cleveland running backs scored more than 14 points. Yeah, I mean, like that's insane, and it's pretty. Melvin Gordon is obviously going to get the lion's share of the work, so I, I just figure that's got to be forty-two points for Gordon, right? That's how that works. <laughs> math. <laughs> it's just math, guys. Just pure math. Like I don't know, I have a mental block with him because I still just don't think he's that good of a football player. I know that that's probably been proven wrong at this point, <laughs> but I just think Austin Eckler's better. And it just, it tilts me that they give Melvin Gordon so much work. But I mean, it's impossible to deny what this guy has done. I think he's got basically the same floor as Gurley and, you know, he's cheaper. So I would say that he's probably like the preferred target in cash games of the two. Would you guys agree with that statement? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. We've seen Atlanta just get shredded by running backs the past three weeks. Now, granted, some pretty good running backs that they've faced in McCaffrey, Kamara, and 
Gio, not Gonzalez, but Gio Bernard. Yeah. Is this is this the week that we should get back on the James Conner bandwagon? And Amico, I'm going to kick it to you since I know that that's your boy. I mean, yeah, I love him this week. <laughs> um, I know that like a lot of people have been harping on the lack of yards per carry, but not a concern for me. I mean, they've played actually some pretty good run defenses. Uh, Baltimore, the Bucks really skew pat, you know, to get you to pass against them. The Chiefs are, are actually a pretty good run defense. They just want they just have no pass defense. And Cleveland is pretty good up front too. So like, not really like great matchups for him. Um, and also, I don't really care about efficiency at all. Like, I just know that he's the guy. Like, he is still seeing the majority of the touches. No one is really coming close to him in terms of rush volume. And he's seeing all the targets. He's got at least five targets in every game, uh, at least six in three out of the four games. And as you've mentioned, and as we know, this is the best defense to get targets to your running back against. So, like, I just think, you know, again, Connor is like a really high floor play. And also because of the overall scoring environment of the game, he is a really good, um, you know, he has good touchdown equity. So that's a guy that I really like. Uh, He's priced up a bunch. So you really do have to choose between like him, Saquon McCaffrey. Like you got to kind of pick him over those guys um, or at least over one of those guys. And that's tough. But I just think that like, if you, if you're trying to get exposure to that game, which I think you should, uh, I think Connor's probably the best bet. Jonesy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't <laughs> want to harp on it. It's it, it, that's how I'm feeling as well. I, I think it's a it's a good week to uh, to prove all the Connor haters wrong because people are taking victory laps the last couple weeks on Twitter about him not being Bell. So you're I mean, kidding. He's not Le'Veon Bell. But, no, 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 no. There's but, like one Le'Veon Bell. You know, no, right. Like, but the fact that people are like patting themselves on the back for like saying that he's not, I just think it's a, it's an interesting, well, that's a ridiculous thing to take a victory lap on. Like, oh yeah. Well, but it's Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah. You're right. Welcome Twitter's, to the site. Dumb. <laughs> you know, like if a guy comes into the league and isn't LeBron James, but is still an all-star, does that mean you win? Like, does that mean you win your argument? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the important thing is that Connor is still just dominating the running back workload in Pittsburgh. So he's going to be on the field. He's going to get the majority of the running back opportunities. And uh, it's a perfect matchup. So, yeah, he honestly, I'm uh, he might be my favorite running back this week. All right. Let's talk other cash game options. Jones, who are you looking at? Who do you feel comfortable with in a cash game lineup? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, this is one of those (laughs) things where. This I love it. Of- <laughs> I love it. He's winning the three man this week. <laughs> no, I it's it's fine because no, this is actually the worst possible thing that could happen for you because now that I don't know what I'm doing in cash, I'm sure it'll end up actually working out. But I just feel like there were like Anthony said in the beginning, like there were very, very clear cash lineups like the last week or so, maybe two weeks. And I'm having a harder time um sort of feeling great about it. Like, like Anthony just mentioned, like Kansas city obviously has a garbage pass defense, but they're decent against the rush. And like, I want to play, I want to play Yeldon and I probably end up, will end up playing him. Um, honestly, I kind of just want to go like super cheap and like, just play carry on Johnson and hope they realize he should start like getting like almost all the carries because he's really good at football. And 
it doesn't appear that Legarrette Blunt is as good at said game. So maybe he'll be like my super off the wall, like random play like Lynch was last week. And hopefully it'll work out the same way. I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, carry on Johnson confirmed better than Legarrette Blunt. I yes. think that is confirmed at this point laps all weekend. <laughs> um, I, I really like TJ Yeldon. I think that Kansas city got shredded last week on the ground by Denver. Uh, and and Yeldon has been better than people think. Like he's got one of the higher running back success rates in football this season. He can catch passes out of the backfield. So I think Yeldon is a strong play for cash games. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on Yeldon and any other potential running backs you're considering in cash? Yeah, I mean, I honestly haven't really thought that much about Yeldon. Um, I mean, I guess we could arrive at him being like a chalk play. I just like I just fear Corey Grant. Maybe that's dumb. Like I just think that Corey Grant is pretty good and he's gonna play on passing downs. But Yeldon has seen like a lot more work than I guess you'd think in the passing game. Uh he had three targets last week and eighteen carries. Yeah, and he had seven targets week before that. So I mean maybe I just need to get off the deck on Yeldon. Um he's a he's a game time decision for me. Uh I the guy I really like is David Johnson, sixty three hundred. <laughs> what a surprise um, there. <laughs> David fucking Johnson, all right? <laughs> and, uh, but, I, I mean, I just think that the price is too low. 6300 his price went down after last week, uh, a week where he had 22 carries uh, to go along with four targets. He's back to playing a large percent of the snaps. He played 55 out of 60 offensive snaps last week. Now, the fact that the snaps are down in terms of uh, total volume, the total pie, that's a concern. But, like, this is a game that the Cardinals could actually win which means that he's probably going to be on the field the whole time. And especially if Larry Fitz doesn't play, like if Fitz is out, like DJ's target expectation has to go up, right? So like I feel like that gives him an even better floor and ceiling. So uh, right now, I mean, he's like, I don't want to say a lock, but he's like the guy that I feel really good about on the cheaper end. Um, That's why I haven't really been considering Yeldon. But it's probably, I guess you probably are going to have to play one of those two if you want to build like a competent lineup this week yeah consider me team Yeldon over dj in cash games at least um i want to throw out austin eckler i know i brought him up earlier kind of uh as a reason why i am down on melvin gordon but i really think you could do worse than him at 4200 like he's basically returned value at that salary every single week uh he doesn't play a ton of snaps but when he is on the field he is pretty involved and he has two touchdowns on the year. Like, I think there are a few different ways that he could hit value in this game, either by breaking off a long run or hitting or catching a couple passes. Like, I think if you need to go all the way down at running back, S- Eckler is a guy that could make some sense at 4,200. All right, let's talk GPPs. Amico, who are some of the GPP guys you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, this is the fun one, right? I mean, I think that Barkley is a really good tournament play this week. He's pretty much going to go completely under owned because he's right, right in the same price weight uh, price range uh, pr- uh you know the same area of the salary chart as uh, McCaffrey as Gordon um as Connor so I he's really not going to do much in terms of ownership but obviously the upside is there I mean he's been really good this season uh scored a touchdown in three out of four games the one game where he didn't score a touchdown and he had 14 catches so uh pretty dependable I would say and uh, this is not going to be a great scoring environment 
overall, but it is a pretty good matchup. I, you know, Carolina hasn't been as good against against running backs as I think we would have expected. They gave up a good game to Gio Bernard a couple weeks ago before the bye. I uh, I think this is a good spot. So I um I think that Barkley is like the high price GPP play. Like if you're trying to like uh, be different, if you're trying to like differentiate your lineup. So I like him a lot. Um, and I also think that like either Atlanta running back in a tournament, like again, you're going to get them really low owned uh, just because Freeman's back. And if you pretty much like guess right, I guess like you could get multiple touchdowns at like 4%. And I'm always in on that. Yeah. That's an interesting take because like, you're right. That's the one position group in this game that might be a little bit overlooked this week. So that could be an interesting way to attack it for sure. Uh, Jonesy, who are some of your guys? Yeah, I'm with you on Barkley for sure. Um, you know, the the Panthers have whatever reputation they have, but Coleman, Geo, and Zeke have scored at least 17 PPR points against them. So it's not like it's completely out of the realm of possibility that, that uh, running backs can get there against the Panthers. And he hasn't scored less than 20 points in a game yet in PPR. So Pretty why good. would we... Why, why would we think that that would start to change? Because Lord knows Eli isn't pushing it down the field. Um, outside of that, I'm just going to keep just going to keep riding it because because Chucky's just fitting uh, fitting Marshawn for a gold jacket. So why the hell not? Like, he's just going to keep feeding him. Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the difference? Like, we know that like Oakland is going to play terrible, like wrong decision left and right football. But we also know that they're just going to keep giving Marshawn Lynch the ball, and he was running with an with like authority last week. So I'm just going to keep riding that. 5,500, I think, is still a reasonable price um, for him. So, and I'm with you on DJ. But um, like I said last week and the week before, I'm trying to keep this this running back pool kind of tight. So I'm not going uh, not going much outside of what we've already mentioned. All right, I'm making a direct play. Oh boy. To Mike McCarthy. Please, Ooh. Mike McCarthy, just realize that Aaron Jones is your best running back and give him the football. Like, I don't understand how he can watch what all of these guys have done over the past two seasons and not have Aaron Jones as his bell cow already. Like, Jones has averaged over five and a half yards per carry, and Jamal Williams is like at three and a half. And yet, Jones still doesn't get a huge workload. Uh, I am just hoping that maybe he decided to watch a little film this week or look at some numbers and, and you know, take a break from his normal coaching routine. Mike McCarthy doesn't look at numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure That's, what saying. Practice. That's what I'm saying. I'm pleading with him. Please Can you just McCarthy. do it for the for the whole game? Because the three headed monster in Detroit is also pissing me off. So can <laughs> we just go with Patricia and McCarthy for this plea? <laughs> OK, you got it. Matt Patricia, you listen up too. But please just give Aaron Jones the football 20 times in this game. Because if he does, he is going to obliterate the Detroit Lions. They have no shot. They were just mauled by Ezekiel Elliott. And like I said, Aaron Jones is good. And he's only 4,300. So I'm going to have to play him this week. Just on the off chance that Mike McCarthy is a listener to Beyond the Daily Podcast. I'm sure he is. All right. Let's talk about my bookie. Sure, watching football is fun. But it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. And I can attest to that personally. 
You've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you have to head over and check out what's going on at my bookie. Uh, if you're like, if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, my bookie has options for you as well. You can make a big parlay. Uh, I have personally taken a crack at a couple of them this season, and I am still waiting for the big paycheck. But I am not deterred. You can also uh, try hitting a number on roulette in the online casino. So there are a lot of different ways you can get some action there. Uh, and you can get action on sports other than football. Take MMA this weekend. Conor McGregor steps, steps back into the octagon son, uh, Saturday for his first UFC fight in two years. You can bet on things like whether he'll win or whether Khabib will deliver a first-round knockout. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. This is one of the, this is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all season. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is easy to use. If you're like Anthony and you want to make bets from your toilet, definitely possible. Uh, so if you are still Alpha on play. the sideline, <laughs> now is the time for you to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar using the promo code. Rotoviz. So log into book my bookie right now, double your money, promo code Rotoviz, and get your first deposit matched up to a hundred percent. You gotta do it now because this offer will be off the table soon. Again, that is the promo code Rotoviz. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh this doesn't seem like a huge chalk week for me at wide receiver. No one projected for more than 17 to 20 percent ownership on DraftKings over at Fantasy Labs. Let's start with the Atlanta-Pittsburgh game. We started there with quarterbacks, so I think it's only fitting we go there first for wide receivers. And some really strong options. You know, at the top, you have Antonio Brown. You have Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, sort of a mid-tier play. And then, of course, the anti-Julio, Calvin Ridley. All the guy does is catch touchdowns. He's the new Chris Carter. Uh, Who do you like in this game, if anybody? And uh, how are you overall just approaching the wide receiver position for Atlanta and Pittsburgh, Jonesy? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I was looking into this before, and Atlanta has given up 10 10 different guys, uh, 10 different wide receivers have scored double-digit PPR points against Atlanta through four weeks of the season. <laughs> that's that's not good. No, it's not great. It's it is not a ringing endorsement for the defensive coordinator there. Um so I'm just going to try and get as much exposure whether it's through stacks um or just just throwing Brown or uh Smith-Schuster into a lineup. It's it's kind of interesting that Smith-Schuster is seeing like basically three times as many red zone targets as Brown is so far. Um, So he's seeing less targets overall, not by much, but um, they're, they're pretty valuable targets. So I think I'm probably gonna maybe like double the field on Smith Schuster and try to match the field with, uh, with Brown. That's, that's where I'm headed there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta find a way to play Julio. Like he's still gonna get a billion air yards every week, but he's just never gonna score a touchdown again. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, Calvin Ridley's gonna finish the year with twenty touchdowns, and Julio will have two. 
exactly. Um, <laughs> two, two is actually optimistic. That's you know, <laughs> according I'm to some people. A long one here and there. So <laughs> consider me like not worried about Antonio Brown. I know he hasn't had the target volume we've we've been used to seeing, and I know he has not really put together a huge game yet. But I think it's coming. Uh, I, I think this is a prime opportunity to maybe get him at lower ownership than normal. So uh, I'm all in on Antonio Brown this week. Amico, what what are your thoughts on this game's wide receivers? I mean, I love Julio. Like, I really think that there's a good chance that Calvin Ridley is higher owned, especially coming off all those touchdowns. And uh, people just don't like Julio, you know, like uh, the never Julio thing is real. So he's probably my favorite receiver in this game. Uh, I know that like, I think that like of the other guys, I'm probably going to play Sanu uh, for the Atlanta Atlanta. I mean, that's a move I really like to do, obviously, is playing. Yeah, the, Sanu, the is, too. Sanu is sneaky. I like that call. Yeah, like the target volume between him and Ridley still isn't that great. Um, like I Sanu is seeing more in, in a bunch of the games. Like, so I still think that he's. You know, really good PPR option. Still gives you a shot for the bonus that you got last week. So I like him. Um, and I'm with you, Matt. Like, I, I know Labs has has AB projected 17 to 20%. I think it's going to be lower. Like, I think the $9,100 price tag uh, for basically, like, not that he's not producing, but he's not producing AB numbers. Um, I, I just don't think that people are going to play him as much as they should. And even if he does get to like 15 or 20%, he probably should be like 25 or 30. So yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to lather up in the AB this week. Lather it. Um, yeah. I, one thing I want to say about the Atlanta guys before we move on is that even with Ridley scoring two touchdowns last week and Julio having none, Julio outscored. Him. So don't sleep on the ability of Julio to just put up massive games, even without scoring. And he will score eventually, guys. Like, I know we like to joke about it. No, of course. Julio's going <laughs> to get in the end zone. <laughs> Jones is shaking his head. Julio will get in, zone, in the end zone eventually. And this I think, seems uh, like as good a time as any. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm playing any of these guys in cash, though, just for the record. Like, I think if I'm playing, like I said before, like Connor to me is the guy you want in cash in this game. I don't really think that I'm going to be looking to play one of these receivers. At least I don't really expect to be able to fit any of them in my cash lineup. I, and I think we talked about it before uh, we started recording, but it's definitely going to be one of those things where Julio has like a three touchdown game when it's not, they're not on the main slate. That's for sure going to happen at some point. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, all right, let's stick in this high salary range. Are there any other guys you're considering either for cash games or GPPs? Cause it feels like there's a pretty big drop off after AB and Julio, uh, at least to me this week, Jonesy. Oh, just keep just keep feeding me Adam Thielen. Just inject it into my veins. I just <laughs> I, I I don't understand. Like this guy is just criminally yeah. underowned. He's really good. And he's so good. He hasn't seen less than twelve targets <laughs> the entire season. Like, I don't know. I just he's been over a hundred yards every game. Like he's got a couple touchdowns. He's seeing targets in the red zone more so recently. Um, yeah, I just keep, keep giving me Adam Thielen at 7,700 is a ridiculous price for the amount of targets that he's going to get. I think that's a sharp take. Uh, Amico. First time anybody's ever said that to me. <laughs> uh, for, I mean, for me, it's Keenan Allen. I think that that entire game is going overlooked. Like you said before, Matt, 
Uh, I mean, Chargers Raiders has a 53 point total to it. So I, and we saw obviously the Raiders being a high scoring game last week. Uh, Chargers defense is very banged up. So this has obviously super shootout potential. And uh, Keenan Allen hasn't really had a big one yet. I mean, against uh, the Chiefs in week one, he went over 100 with a touchdown. But like, we know that this guy has like nuclear upside, like bonus, multiple touchdowns. Like, he could definitely do that. And uh, the Raiders' corners are pretty terrible. So uh, I really like this. I mean, I, Labs has him 5 to 8%. Like, I think that's probably about right. Um, so when you consider the discount from like the Atlanta game in terms of ownership, that's that's really the one guy I'm keying in on because I, I really don't think I'm going to play another guy like over 7K at receiver that isn't in the Atlanta game. I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, Keenan Allen is just maddening. Like he's so good, but he he's like the he to me is like what I think people make out Julio to be. Like he will never score. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I maybe I'm just jaded because I have him on like so many season long teams. I do think it's a great spot, and you will get him at low ownership. And obviously, we know that the guy has big upside. So, Amico, I'm going to say that that's also a sharp take. Thanks, man. Uh, well, no you're problem. kind of diminishing, like giving me the compliment now. Like, if you're just going to throw it out to like right. everything we say, that kind if of everyone's takes it special, away. then no one's special. <laughs> you're right. That's a sharp. That's a sharp observation, buddy. <laughs> Uh, let's move down the pricing spectrum. Tyler Boyd has just been straight cash, homie, to quote Randy Moss through the first uh, four weeks of the season. Are we banking on some continued production from him this week? Amico? No. I uh, I mean, I love him. I have him in, like, in a bunch of dynasty leagues, so I feel good about it. But the price has come up, and I think it's fair to question whether or not he is a safe play at this price. I mean... Uh, last week he had the 15 targets in a very high scoring environment, caught 11 of them. We know he's going to have a high catch percentage, but, uh, seven targets and nine targets the last couple weeks before that. Like, I'm not really sure that like, like at this price now, I don't know if I feel great about like 18 DraftKings points. Like, I guess that's like technically quote unquote value, but like, I think at that price, I would rather have a guy with like a little more ceiling, uh, a little more like absolute scoring potential. And, I don't, I'm not like super thrilled at the matchup. Like, I think that the uh, Miami corners have actually been pretty good. Um, Xavier Howard obviously gets a ton of love and he's going to be all over AJ Green. But Bobby McLean, uh, Bobby McCain has also been pretty good this year uh, out of the slot. So don't really think it's like a slam dunk lock that Boyd is like going to be this super highly targeted, super productive receiver like all year. Um, and I, I don't really love. This particular spot, the total in that game is already well on the decline. It's down a point and a half, um, and I think it, that might actually continue. So I, I really don't think the scoring environment is going to be as good as we think. Um, and 5,700, I, I feel pretty good just kind of – like I'm going to consider him, but I don't think that I have to use him. Jones. Yeah, I, I really disagree. I, I like Boyd quite a bit. Um, Let's go. Let's have some disagreements. <laughs> well, I, I guess we'll, this will decide the three-man this week. All right. Well, then we know that's going to freaking roll for me. Um, <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think we're we're seeing the the expected points just go crazy. Um, last week, he had 23 expected points, which is just nuts. Um, but he's obviously become like a very serious, uh, I don't know, 
not not necessarily like a straight up like target hog, but he's um like you mentioned howard on green is probably going to be more cause for him to look uh for dalton to look boyd's way so i'm just gonna roll with the idea that it's going to continue um and he's seen he saw three red zone targets last week and he has five over the past three weeks so um i'm just going to keep banking on that and hope the uh hope we can get a couple touchdowns out of him and uh you know his uh they're still valuable targets. Like he's his a dot is still pretty decent. He's seeing air yards, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with it. I will break the tie by sitting firmly in the middle. That's sharp. I, I, <laughs> thanks. Uh, I think he's a great cash game play. Like there aren't a lot of guys in that price range that I think you can feel comfortable with getting you know around ten targets, but he's one of them. But I think he's going to be really high owned for GPPs. And like Anthony said, at 5,700, he now has some bust potential if he doesn't get in the end zone or crack a hundred yards. So uh, I'm probably leaning towards fading him for GPPs, but I could certainly see myself using him in a cash contest. Um, Two other guys in that price range that I think could garner some interest this week, Doug Baldwin, he's at just 5k. And then Marvin Jones Jr. is only at 4,700. So how are you approaching those two guys? uh, Jonesy? Let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for some Marvin Jones. I I know I said I like Russell Wilson. I don't know that I really like the price is fine and I wouldn't fault you for playing Doug Baldwin. But if you're if you're making me choose between these two guys, I would definitely be leaning more towards uh, towards Marvin Jones personally. Amika, I know you dug up some good stuff for your stacking piece on the Lions, so. Uh, why don't you shed some light on Marvin Jones for us? Yeah, so, I mean, well, first, Matt, I just want to let you know that uh, Sonny Michelle just got stuffed twice at the one, and then uh, Tom Brady rushed it in. So your uh, your crusade against Sonny Michelle lives on. But, it will uh, never end. <laughs> but in terms of Cordero Patterson touchdown. like Tom Brady is a better running back than Sonny Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Um, but in their last six meetings – between uh, Detroit and uh, Green Bay, Marvin Jones is just pissing all over the Packers. Um, plus, this is just his plus minus. This is not how many average points he scores. This is his average plus minus. 16.12. 100% consistency rating. 28.38 actual DraftKings points averaged against the Packers. Uh, so now, long. obviously, but yeah, so like, obviously the personnel has changed. So like, I don't want to like, super overvalue the numbers because they've changed a bunch of their corners. They drafted two rookies, but, uh, you know, Tremont Williams is there. Kevin King is still there. Uh, you know, Jair Alexander, who has been probably their best corner has really been playing mostly out of the slot. So, uh, more of a problem to me for golden Tate than it is for Jones. Uh, and Marvin Jones actually still leads this team in air yards. So I think that, uh, Jones is a really good play, especially if you look at like the salaries, I know you talk about bargain rating, Matt, but I also really like to look at just like salary discrepancy between uh, like teammates and Kenny Galladay is you know two thousand dollars. I'm uh, sorry, Golden Tate is two thousand dollars more, and uh, Galladay is thirteen hundred dollars more than Jones. I just don't really think that that's warranted. So, uh, big Marvin Jones fan this week, just like Jonesy. Um, I do also like Doug Baldwin. Like I'm not anti Doug Baldwin. I think I would be 
considering to play him as well. Just because he's healthy, you know, seven targets last week. He's also a guy that tends to have a pretty high catch percentage. He's also someone who has, you know, obvious touchdown upside. So, uh, and we, I would imagine we expect Seattle to throw in this game. So uh, both good plays, but I definitely lean uh, towards Jones. Yeah, I like Baldwin quite a bit. I think that the Rams are just going to put up so many points that it's going to force Seattle to play more optimally this week. So uh, that's part of the reason why I like Russell Wilson. And if I like Wilson, like Baldwin deserves to be in consideration at 5K. Like that's crazy cheap considering what he's done in the past. All right, uh, quickly, because I feel like we're dragging on a little bit. Other low to mid-priced wide receivers you're looking at for GPPs. Amigo. Uh, I mean, not even just for GPPs. Like uh, Taewon Taylor, I think, is a really good play this week. Uh, no uh, Rashard Matthews. And last week that resulted in him seeing nine targets. So uh, not as good of a game environment because Buffalo is probably uh, like going to pace this game down and all that stuff. But, you know, Taewon is probably the WR2 there. I think that's pretty clear. And at 4K, I think he has a good chance to return good salary. Uh, you know, based on a salary expectation, uh, Mike Williams also for the Chargers again. Big high mug. scoring game, yeah, high scoring game. Um, Travis Benjamin is out for a couple weeks now with an injury, and we talked about this I think last week. But Mike Williams has kind of been like the the guy in the red zone for them, uh, along with of course Old Man Gates. But I mean, Williams has the big body; he has the touchdown upside. So uh, only forty two hundred on him. So those are probably my two preferred plays in the uh, low dollar range. Jones. Yeah, real quick, just to backslide to Marvin Jones real quick, too. He has the most red zone targets on the team, and he has the most air yards, which is somewhat rare, um, just to throw that out there. But pretty much everybody from Galladay at 6,000 down to, I guess like I'll cut it off at Aguilar at 5,300. Like That whole range to me, I feel like has like a 25 almost point ceiling. So I'm, I'm interested in sort of spreading it out uh, throughout all those guys. One of them is going to be my, my Millie maker special a little tease for later. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Those, those guys are who I'm trying to mix and match in my GPP lineups. My Millie maker special is also coming at wide receiver and I will save Damn. that as well. But uh, I want to throw out John Brown against the Browns. Like I know he's, He's not necessarily low priced anymore. He's not really cheap. He's uh, close to 6K, but he's just really good at football, and the Browns are not, and that's all I need to know. Uh, All right, before we go on to tight ends, I want to challenge you guys to join our special listeners league on DraftKings. Uh, We will probably keep it at 30 people again this week, $5 league that pays the top five. Side note, I was the only person in the league last week to play Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, and I still did not finish in the top 15. Hey, I cashed this week, so that was good. There you go, Jonesy. I stacked him with Taylor Gabriel, too. How embarrassing is that? I had Mitch Trubisky (laughs) at like (laughs) 3.3% and Taylor Gabriel at 10 and couldn't even finish in the top half of the field. I'm I'm free money, guys, is what I'm trying to say to you. Hopefully you get in again this week. Hop in the listener league. And just take advantage of me paying the rake for you. Uh, If you think that you can beat Anthony and Matt, because it's pretty much a given you can beat me, follow our Twitter links, uh, at Matt LaMarca, at Amixa, and at Matt Jones TFR. We'll be tweeting out the contest details. 
Seats seats could fill up fast once they hear about my record. So make sure to check that out as soon as possible. All right, tight ends. Uh, Both Sackers and Travis Kelsey have just been awesome to start the year. What are your thoughts on these guys this week? Like, it feels like they are approaching what we've seen from Gronk in the past in terms of their production, but they're not priced like Gronk yet. So I think there could be some value. Amico. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really into Ertz with Jeffrey back. Um, not really my preferred play, but Kelsey at only 6K, I think is really interesting. He gets the big price down because of the matchup, uh, but he's seen at least 10 targets each of the past three weeks. Uh, we know that the strength of the Jaguars is really on the boundary. Their safety play has been really good. Like they already took, they took away Gronk already once this year. So it's not like this is a uh, slam dunk spot, but like Kelsey really does see in a vacuum, like a lot more volume than Gronk does right now. So, uh, you know, if he's going to keep seeing 10 targets, I think for 6K, like I don't pay up at tight end in cash too often, but I would, I would consider it in this spot. Um, and I think you certainly want to have exposure in tournaments. Jones. Wow, this is a weird week because I was going to say that I feel like I might try to figure out how to pay for Ertz in cash. So Yeah, I for, totally agree. If you're paying up for one of those two in cash, it's got to be Ertz. Yeah, for for us both to be saying we might be paying up for tight end in cash, I think this is a, a pretty interesting week for uh, for our lineup construction. The three men will be, uh, will be pretty interesting then. But yeah, Ertz has seen 47 targets so far this year. Like, that's insane. Um, he hasn't seen less than 10 targets in a game yet. I don't think that's going to change this week. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just going to, I think I'm going to try to get as much Ertz as I can. Right. Like last week's game did go to overtime, but he still had 14 targets. He played 76 of 78 snaps and Jeffrey was in the lineup. So I still think Ertz is definitely viable, even with, uh, Jeffrey maybe taking on a larger role this week. Um, but I agree that Kelsey is probably the more intriguing play for GPPs, just given that he's shown us, you know, the monster upside, better touchdown upside for sure. Uh, I think Vance McDonald will probably be the default option for those looking to to pay down a bit at tight end. He's 3,700 in the aforementioned Steelers-Falcons game. What are your thoughts on on Vance? Will he make them dance this week? <laughs> I mean, the Falcons certainly could give up points to tight ends, right? I mean, their safeties are hurt. So I feel like that opens the door for him to be a quality play. He's got five targets in each of the three games that he's played in since, uh, you know, returning from injury snaps are, you know, about 50%. So, I mean, he's not going to be on the field all the time, but when he's on the field, he's usually running a route. Um, I mean, he's fine. Like I the only reason I'm not really that, I'd be a lot more interested in playing him if he wasn't getting like the big price bump, you know, like 3,700 to me, like he's like a three K player. That's 3,700 because of the matchup. Well, I mean, that's just my opinion. You don't have to agree, but (laughs) I, uh, I'm just not really that into him. Like I'd like to have a little bit of ceiling. I'm not sure he has like this big ceiling for his price. Um, and I think every hundred dollars matters this week. So there's a couple of guys cheaper than him that I think I'd prefer. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think he's a 3K player, but I also don't necessarily think that he's a $3,700 player. $3,200 player? Yeah, 32 to 34 You know, like like you said, especially at tight end, every $100 matters because they're so tightly packed in in terms of the salary structure. Yep. So, What do you always say, right? Cheapest guy that you think has a chance to score a touchdown. 
Yeah, if there's one thing we should do, it's listen to me when I talk about <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, I, so I, I think he has more upside than you're leading on, but I totally don't think it's like a slam dunk spot by any stretch. Jonesy, what do you think here? No, I, there's, I'm not... I'm not touching him. I'm not entertaining it. Wow, a hard I, no. No, hard no. Like, why Why am I going to pay whatever it is? I don't even care for at this ownership for a guy who hasn't seen more than five targets this year. Because he throws ill stiff arms. He does. And that's probably <laughs> worth like three percentage points because people just want to like... It's at least remember the meme, like at least three percentage points. It might be more like five. I mean, (laughs) if you you really want to play Vance, just play him on FanDuel. He's literally forty six hundred. Like that's just a ball of really good price. Or just don't play on FanDuel. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I have a good ROI on FanDuel, so you stop with that. (laughs) He's FanDuel shaming you. Um, All right, Amico, you did mention that you there are a bunch of tight ends that are cheaper that you have some interest in. I'm curious if you would like to share with the class who they might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's why I'm here. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, like, no, I'm not, I'm not telling you guys. <laughs> I mean, David and Joku is a little cheaper. He saw seven targets last week with Baker goat um, against Baltimore. I think that they're going to have a bunch of trouble getting it out to the receivers. I think that in is going to have to be probably the second most targeted option in the offense. Uh, and they, I, Assume will be down in that game. So I like Njoku. I uh, really like Austin Hooper. I mean, Austin Hooper is... I'm done with Austin Hooper. Yeah, same. Well, <laughs> you guys are getting out at the wrong time. Okay. I love, what I else love is him. new? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, I just don't think that there's a huge difference between him and Vance McDonald. Like, he's seen four targets in three games. He's actually seen the most snaps of any Falcon skill player. And... He's a, a beast in the red zone for his career. If you look at his uh, career numbers, he is av- he is um, catching 67% of his passes and has a 28% touchdown rate in the red zone. So pretty good. Uh, and on top of that, the Steelers are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So I think that Hooper is kind of like, I would like I would rather save the $700 and just play Hooper in, in pr- every format. Um, obviously, he's risky for cash, but I do like his ceiling at 3K. Um, and even cheaper is uh, your boy, Ricky Seals-Jones. So That's not my boy. These are all plays I like. <laughs> all right, I'm back in on Austin Hooper. You convinced me. I'm going yeah. to give him one more chance. Um, what do you guys feel about Nick Vanette at 2,500? Played like virtually all the snaps last week for the, the Seahawks at tight end after the injury to Disley. We've already mentioned that we think the the Seahawks are going to have to maybe throw a little bit more this week. Like, is he viable at, you know, the stone minimum? Yeah, I mean, I thought, like, what does he have to do to, like... Basically get, like, uh, a yeah. catch. Right. Like, it's probably, like, three catches. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. But I think I might just lock button in Joku and call it a week. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um. All right. Let's wrap it up with defenses. I don't really see any chalk options this week. Uh, maybe I'm missing something you guys can enlighten me on, but who are some of the the teams that you are looking at? And we'll start with you, Mr. Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my usual thing where I, at the very last second, figure out who has who's projected for the most sacks and not costing $4,000. So Tennessee's up at the top, but obviously... Um, 
for projected sacks, but obviously they're uh, they're wildly expensive. Um, so I'll probably just be looking at the Chargers, um, and maybe I'll just roll Arizona again. Why Never not? a bad idea to target C.J. Beathard. Uh, Anthony, your defenses. Yeah, I mean, zone is a good play. Uh, I like Baltimore. I'm, I'm really down to just target like any rookie quarterback if I can get a piece. So, I mean, San Francisco is, I think, a good tournament option. Um, if you want to just go cheap, like Tennessee's offensive line really hasn't done great. Like we've seen Mariota get beaten up and, and do some turnover things. So Buffalo at home for 2300 and what is probably going to be just like one of the worst games of the week in terms of watchability. Uh, I kind of like that. I mean, I really like to get as close to 2K as I can on defense just because I just think there's so much variance. So if I see anything that I like in a home team, uh, typically I will just play them if they're under 2,500. So I think Buffalo is probably that team for me this week. Or or Detroit if if all these receivers are missing for Green Bay. Let's move on to our Millie Maker specials. Who's the 1% to 2% ownership play that you like the best this week for GPPs? Jones, you kind of teased yours already, so let's throw it to you first. All right, man. Demarius Thomas is scoring a couple touchdowns this week, so hop on board. Couple tutties wow. for DT. Is he? He's a guy that scores. He's not like a Julio type. Um, I have a question. How dare you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony? Millie Maker special. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned him before. I just think that this is a really good spot for Austin Hooper. Um, lowest owned play in the highest scoring game of the week. And I just think that like the only reason that he's not going to be high owned is because last week he wasn't good. Right. Too many people like me are like, I'm done with Austin Hooper. Right. So I will just have all the Austin Hooper. Like I might play him in cash. All right. I am going also with a wide receiver. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going Nelson Aguilar um, Mm -hmm. at 5,300. The Vikings defense has been doo-doo, but they do still have one really good cornerback in uh, Xavier Rhodes. So I think he will spend the majority of the game locked up on Alshon Jeffrey, which opens up more opportunities for Aguilar. Um, He still had a bunch of targets last week, even with Jeffrey back in the lineup. He saw uh, 12 balls, but only managed to catch five of them for 22 yards. We've seen the big plays from him. You know, like we haven't seen them this year, but last year it seemed like he was certainly capable of ripping off big plays. So uh, I'm expecting with this offense getting a little bit closer to what it was last year with each passing week that we might see Aguilar transition back into the, you know, the the big play home run hitter that we kind of became accustomed to. All right, bold prediction time. Amico, give me a take that you feel strongly about for the upcoming week. Oh, man. I mean, I... I've done this before, so I mean, maybe it's unoriginal. Maybe you guys won't like it, but I mean, Ben Roethlisberger four touchdowns this week. Four? Oh, Last time it was five. Yeah, it was five. Five then. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back down. I'm not gonna back down from a challenge. Actually, I think he said six. No, he said five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonesy, Patrick L. Mahomes is accounting for four total touchdowns. I like that. Um, that's definitely bold against the Jaguars. You I'm know gonna, what the L stands for? 
I think it's Levon, right? Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. Damn it! I was hoping you wouldn't know that. I, well, I didn't. I'm, so. I, if anybody is listening to this that know that listens to Bogey Free, they know I'm a uh, I'm a middle name uh, wordsmith. So it's it's kind of my thing. All right. I'm piggybacking off the Amico prediction, and I'm going to say um, three touchdowns for Mr. Antonio Brown. Yeah. I think this is the week he puts it on. You said Juju wrong, but I get it. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this edition of On The Daily. Uh, a little longer than we intended on going, but hopefully you guys made it through. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And check out our special listeners league to try and take down me, Anthony, and Jones. For Anthony and Matt, I am Matt LaMarca. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.